Leonard Lee with Say Yes and Become here, and I am really excited to make an announcement to you that my new book is here just in time for Christmas. It's called God Has a Thing for Names, and it is a Christmas special. You see, 700 years before Jesus entered into the world, God gave him some nicknames. Describing the world Jesus would enter, God said it was a world that was stuck in darkness, and at the entrance of Jesus, the light had come. Those names, Emmanuel, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Father of Eternity, and the Prince of Peace. These names describe the one that God would send and still sends into a dark world. You can get your copy right now. Go to www.leonardlee.com and under resources, you can order your copy of God Has a Thing for Names. It's $6.99 and you can use it in a lot of really fun ways. It's illustrated by local artist in Nashville, Nancy Wofford. God Has a Thing for Names is just the right size to send as a very special Christmas card. It's only 34 pages and makes a beautiful display on your coffee table or your Christmas mantle. People are ordering them to send to their friends, their staff, their family, their employees, their neighbors. We have several churches ordering them just for their guests, guests on Christmas Eve. So if you know someone you want to share the good news of Jesus with this Christmas, Order several copies of God Has a Thing for Names today at www.leonardlee.com. Go to resources. Now, let's get on with our conversation. This is Leonard Lee, and I am so happy to be here with Say Yes and Become. And I have a returning guest. He is my dear friend and brother. And I, every time he comes to the show, uh, to the program, to the pod, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. Every time he comes, I'm excited to have a conversation with him. We can sit for hours and hours and talk about a lot of things and nothing all at the same time. Uh, true so statement. <laughs> Justin Orr is back with us again in the pod. And so whether it is food, uh, fun, four-wheeling, camping, um, did I mention food? We can talk yeah. about it all. Yeah. Uh, but our favorite topic is to talk about Jesus and what he's done and how to serve him. So, Justin, welcome back to the pod. Say yes and become. Thanks, Leonard. Always a privilege, always a pleasure, and it's always fun to be on this podcast with you, brother. <laughs> so every time you say yes, you become a uh, a guest. That's what I like about it. So, hey, Justin, I have a new book out and it is called God Has a Thing for Names. And the uh, emphasis behind the book is simply this, that, that that 700 years before Jesus was born, God gave his son nicknames. And those nicknames would be would be based upon what Jesus would do and who he would be when he entered the world and the and, and Isaiah chapter nine says that the world Jesus entered, that the people walked in darkness and that they lived in, in great darkness. And so it wasn't like, Oh wait, there's a shot. It was, it was just pitch black spiritually. They were lost. And uh, uh, I don't know. Have you ever been in a house that was pitch black uh, and, and went who rearranged my furniture? And the answer is nobody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually I, I, it did one of those spelunking where you go into a cave and they turn the lights off. Oh, you can you feel the darkness. Oh my gosh. And you can't like, you can hold your hand like right in front of your face and it's gone. It is oh. gone. You cannot see a thing. 
Oh man, that is such an eerie feeling too. It is. It is creepy. But that I, I, every time you say like pitch black, that's what I think of because that is an experience. That's for sure. Or and the then, Vin Diesel movie, Pitch Black. But what, that's another topic. Well, but you know, the moment somebody even like touched the light on their watch, yes, that was enough for us to be able to see. It, it's really quite an, an incredible experience when you're in Pitch Black. So, oh, yeah. and and yeah. I know I was in a cave. Uh, Marilyn and I were out here in a cave like that, and they turned every light off, and 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 it's almost as though you can feel the darkness on your skin. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then the second the light comes on your whole, uh, you breathe differently again. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's the world that Jesus entered uh, 2000 years ago. And the Bible says that that's the world that God sent his son into. And when he did, um, you know, it's sort of like, uh, the, the reason I like this book and the reason we're talking about this this Christmas season is because um, I, I like the thought that if that was the world people lived in, who would you send? Right. You know, no, you know, I send somebody with a, a watch they could touch, maybe. Right. Or, um, or a spotlight or anything. <laughs> I mean, anything works in that. I mean, anything really, truly good that's light works in that scenario. That's yeah. exactly true. And. One of the way, and it says in Isaiah 9 that the people who lived in that kind of darkness, the the spelunking darkness, um, (laughs) uh, uh, have seen a great light. And that light was given a nickname. Uh, It was the light was given a nickname. And last time we talked about the nickname being Emmanuel, which is God with us. And and one of the themes of, of the entire Bible is that God is with us. He sends us places and then he goes with us. And yeah. the stories are uh, are filled with God who is with them. And, you know, we, we mentioned Joseph, uh, the story of Joseph. And it, it, kept, it keeps repeating in Joseph's story in Genesis. You can read it if you want the address. Um, that And God was with Joseph. And God was with Joseph. Just when it couldn't get any worse. Just when, you know, he's being sold into slavery, just when he's being tossed into prison, just when he's being forgotten and God was with him. Well, we live in that world today, that, that dark world, Justin. And, um, and, uh, you know, so before we jump in and I, I just give me an example of where you see that darkness, uh, around you in our world today. Gosh, that's a laundry list of things. Um, I think. I think one of the things you see the real darkness is just this idea of tribalism, Mm. man. There's such a division and, 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 you know, people and how they hold opinions these days and how we communicate these opinions and thoughts and ideas with one another. It just, it's just volatile. Like you have to be real. I have to be really careful how I answer things, how I speak to people, how we post things. I mean, it just, you know, well, then you see just war. I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff going on. And, mm. you know, I, I just, you could run a list of darkness in this world. Oh, yeah. Just horrendous evils uh, of, of sex trafficking, of just uh, pornography, addiction, drugs, alcohol. I mean, you name it. Um, oh, escapisms are real. I mean, literally, like, that's the problem is like, ask me for darkness. And then it just, it's a list, right? It feels that way. Well, and it's not just about behavior. I mean, there's poverty. There is, oh yeah, there's sickness oh, yeah. and disease. There right. is, you know, people who are going, man, my life would be so much better if I could just get a little bit of rice, 
You know, I just got a note from uh, part of West Africa and we've got 30 students over there that we have been a part of who just said, um, we have nothing. Uh, everything, every border's been closed. Every, uh, all the banks have been shuttered. All the, you know, we just have absolutely nothing and we're starving. And uh, there's a darkness there. And uh, so, yeah, there it's it's a dark world. And and so the Bible says that, that, that in that world, God sent light. Uh, he sent light and he called that light Emmanuel. Um, I don't know how you are with this, but uh, when I am in a house, even if I know the house, I know the layout of the furniture. I mean, I know every detail. When I am in a place that goes dark, I walk like I'd never seen the furniture before. I walk like a, like, uh, because darkness is a way of disorienting us. Mm, that's good. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. Doesn't it? It makes us yeah, feel it like does. life's furniture has been rearranged. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that darkness and God seeing all of that says, I'm going to send somebody into that world just for you. And today our conversation centers around uh, the one that got sent, who's the wonderful counselor. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how cool is that? And so before we jump into the idea of the wonderful counselor, let me just kind of let's let's back up a little bit and just let me ask you this question. Um what's your favorite Christmas tradition? Hmm. You know, um my wife is a decorator and loves to decorate our home. And she's um, classy. I've seen your home. Yeah, yeah, she's got she's got some pretty awesome taste, but she loves to to shift through holidays. Um, so right now we're, we're probably about to be in transition this weekend. I have some feelings, some Christmas trees, even though they will not be decorated for Christmas, Mm -hmm. some trees will go up in our home. Um, uh, we, we just love the lighting of them. Mm. There's something about the lighting in the house of the Christmas trees and how they, they, uh, just bring this kind of warm glow to the place. It just, it's really nice actually. Oh, man, that's so cool. Yeah. So our, our house will. I think we had nine Christmas trees. Not a joke. We had nine <laughs> Christmas trees in our house last year. Not That's all of them awesome. decorated or some of them decorated very simply, but. Well, tell um, Stacy, I think she's phoning it in. There's got to be at least a dozen. <laughs> she's phone. I Please don't encourage it. Please. Oh. Don't, don't she just it. got a text from me. <laughs> awesome. No, she knows I love it. Um, it's it's definitely the the signal that the season is shifting and we try and keep it up as long as possible to be honest with you because yeah. we just really enjoy the feeling in the house it just it feels so warm and inviting is is yeah so that's that's probably the biggest one is the christmas trees and how it changes the lighting of our house you know like speaking yeah. of lighting right it just changes right. the feel of of the place we live so yeah it's fun man lights have the ability to do that when you let's go on your way back machine here real quick um, do you have a, a kid's Christmas tradition that you went that signaled for me and my, my, my siblings, the, my, 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 pam, my family Christmas is here. Did you guys yes. have one? So Thanksgiving day, um, I would get up really early 5.00 AM and I would start making the Turkey with Judy, my stepmom mm-hmm. and uh, sh- her stuffing was hands down the best. And I've always pilfered her recipe and, um, but she would put on, this is going to throw some people back. If you've ever heard of Roger Whitaker, oh, his yeah. Christmas album, um, we would listen to that thing on a record player, uh, while we were making Thanksgiving morning and we would drink hot chocolate and cider and other things like that. So that was always the key that Christmas was coming in my, my childhood. So Dude, we also, 
we did advent calendars. And so uh-huh. on thanks, right around Thanksgiving, we would get our new advent calendar that we would put up on the inside of our door. We had like the little panel that you open. Yes. Like one. And then what she would do is she would put all of the old past ones over the years down the hallway, take oh, all the man. pictures down and just drape the hallway with the past uh, advent calendars. And we all had them. So my dad, Judy, Jill, Steven, myself all had them. And so we had just floor to ceiling, wall to wall. Old advent calendars. It was just that's like fun. that song, deck the halls with advent calendars. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's exactly yeah, it's what just I'm like that song, man. And yeah. and if I had known that you were gonna like reference Roger Whitaker, I'd have, <laughs> I'd have asked you that question a long time ago because now you're talking music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, like that that was in fact my brother was the one who reminded me of it a couple years ago, and I went and found him on Spotify. Oh so my I, gosh. So during this time of year, I play him. Just, just he's again, it's just old school. Like he has such a rich voice. If you've never listened to him, go Google him, man. He's 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 a hoot. He is so, a hoot, that's for sure. And so uh that signaled the start of Christmas, Thanksgiving Day, getting the yeah. stuffing going, getting all that. Um yeah. uh since we're talking about uh the light coming through wonderful council, but uh isn't it cool how a Christmas tradition literally brings light into a home? Yeah. It's such a cool thing. Whether it's it's nine Christmas trees, it's the shifting, it's the mm-hmm. the bringing of a light, it's the advent calendar, the smell mm-hmm. of uh, of stuffing and turkey stuffing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just a simple, there's something about what we do in, in our homes, in our lives, in our histories that literally lights the way. Yeah. That's not true for everybody. They don't all have those. But um, so here's my question for you. Um, if you were to look at your Christmas, what's the coolest gift you ever got for Christmas? And I'm going to say before you were 20 and then since. So you got to got to give me a couple. All right. So we're going we're going back in time. I'm a child of the 80s. Like that's really when I grew up was the 80s. I was born in 75. But so you got your Knight Rider car? No, 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 no. <laughs> I was I was I was a Transformers kid. Ooh. I was a Transformers kid, and I remember I got I don't even remember. I think it was Optimus Prime and Megatron. I got them both the same Christmas. Sweet. Yeah. So I got a 45, which is basically what Megatron was. Was this like he was like a 45 automatic with like different parts that can be built on him and, <laughs> and then optimus prime with the old school one with the trailer and the Mac yeah truck. um yeah so i remember just going just bananas for that did uh, you that do voices i you know i don't remember if i ever did or not oh you did i, I, I know you probably did. you're probably right i don't I'm remember optimus prime <laughs> i don't remember to be honest with you i just remember being incredibly excited about that my parents were actually really phenomenal gift givers when i was growing up like that Uh, they they did a really good job we would you know fill out the christmas list and mm -hmm. you know the obscenely you know i want a dirt bike yeah come on you're not getting that but they would always tell you okay write the reasonable stuff and so yeah that that was definitely the the season those those transformers man i remember those i I still kick myself because I'm sure they got sold in a church rummage sale. <laughs> and those bad boys are probably worth money right about now. Probably those advent calendars too. So um, I, my dad so might after actually 20, what's those. your best after 20? What's your, what's the, what's the Christmas gift? Did you go, dude, that was awesome. I don't remember if she got this for me for Christmas or it was a birthday. Um, But my wife and I were wandering through like Sur La Table 
or uh, I, I, some place that sells the really nice knives. And you know me, I'm a chef and mm -hmm. I have a knife bag that I've used for years and I had bought them one at a time, um, you know, cause that's how you do it. You just buy mm -hmm. one piece, one piece, one piece, and you have to, and so she got tired of me bringing my knife bag in and out of the house. Cause the kitchen knives we had, I just hated them. I, right. I loathed them. I wanted my good knives. So I bring my knives in and I'd set this big, dirty kitchen bag on her counter. Well, she bought me a set of Mayaba Damascus steel knives one year and they're gorgeous and they're they're razors man I can run a steel across them and they hold an edge like nothing I've ever owned and they sit on my counter they're absolutely amazing oh gosh I, I, love, I, I love them they and I was so shocked I had no idea it was coming um that yeah that was that was one of those I was like wow this is a re this was a and one they were expensive but two it was just Something we needed, something I wanted, and um, yeah, it was cool. Very cool. That's very cool. Um, I I like a good knife when I'm cutting, uh, when I'm doing kitchen prep, when I'm do whether it's chopping or even carving afterwards. And and again, going back to the whole idea of light, there's something about having the right tool for the right job. That that it's sort of like okay, I got to carve the turkey. No, I get to carve the turkey. I'm busting out this bad boy. Or, oh, we got to chop the onion. No, no, I get to chop the onions, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I think that, again, you know, refer going back to the idea of light, there's something about the right tool, the right uh, mm -hmm. the right toy, that it, it, it brings a brightness to what mm -hmm. we do and how we do, even if it's work. There's something cool about that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, at, at Christmas, we are reminded consistently and continually that uh, into this dark world, uh, God sent the wonderful counselor. So uh, let me ask you no another question about Christmas and such. For you and your family, you're a pastor at a church. You are mm -hmm. the, the the life group's pastor and you do a bunch of other, you wear a lot of other hats working with young adults and everything else. So here's my question for you. Um, when, does you when, when does the Heights Church begin to transition that you go, yeah, it feels like Christmas around this place now. Yeah, so we have um, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, that following Monday, mm -hmm. uh, we do all hands on deck. And so everybody shows up. We crank the Christmas music through the speakers and we decorate the entire church. So Christmas trees come out, garland comes out, and the girls are always in charge of it. We're just workhorses for them. So we uh, mm -hmm. we fluff trees and assemble and um and so that, I mean, it's just like Christmas just arrives. Like we just, we bang it out in a day. We have our staff Christmas party that night. Um, it's just, it, it, for us, it's definitely, uh, we have, we have one of our, one of our pastors on staff, man. I swear if he could start Christmas in July, he absolutely would. In <laughs> fact, his, his Christmas tree has been up for probably the last two and a half weeks already. Um, okay, once give me his name. Let's rat him out. Bronson Algar. Oh, he knows. And he has no Bronson shame. Algar. Yeah, he's calling you out. Way to go, dude. Oh yeah, he he loves it. <laughs> loves Christmas. It's his favorite holiday. I used to tease him that uh, you know uh, you can't you can't do it after, until after Thanksgiving. That was always my rule. But now I've 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 let it go. I I enjoy the feel of the house, and so yeah, that's when it really kicks off for us uh, at cool. that church. And then we're starting. We do an Advent series uh, mm -hmm. with pastors. You know, we and really. We, we change it up. So sometimes we've written stuff, we've recorded videos 
I think we're going to do something like burning questions where we're, we're, we're sitting down with couples. So my wife and I are going to sit down and do these burning questions about it. Uh, talking about, you know, love, peace, joy, yeah, um, yeah. Hope, those things. And so it should be fun. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be a good season this year. So, yeah. Oh, that's so fun. I, I love, I love the ability to, um, to create an experience for people when they walk in, they go, Oh, Oh, wow. You know, and yeah. you know, for so many years we met in a cafeteria and how do you make a cafeteria change? And what I used to do um, when we were over at Highlands high school is I used to, uh, I bought, I bought peppermint oil and uh, cinnamon oil and I would put it on all the chairs on the backside of the chairs so that when you walked in, it smelled like old pizza, peppermint oil, and cinnamon oil. <laughs> so, and so, and and the trash that the janitor forgot to take out on uh, Friday. <laughs> oh man, oh, I gotta gosh. be honest. I don't. I don't remember any of that. I really oh, don't. Gosh. Well, I didn't tell anybody because if it failed, I didn't want them to say I don't remember that. But thanks anyway. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> but even even then, like I know that 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 we were in this cafeteria i just didn't care i didn't care where we met i just no. love those people so much it was just such a fun you know oh gosh that was a, such a hard job like set up tear down set up tear down set up tear down every week i don't miss that stuff i'm not gonna lie i don't miss uh, that stuff at all gosh i love that part of the, uh, Did part you? Of the job oh yeah because it got so many people involved in something that it was setting the table for others yeah, that's you true. know, it's really an others, others focused job. So I love yeah, that. Um, so now we're talking about this, this, this uh, Christmas season. And, and I put a note out on my Facebook uh, a few weeks ago. When is it, when is it, um, when is it okay to start listening to Christmas music? Mm-hmm. And I had answers from January on uh, <laughs> other people are like, uh, from December 5th to December 26th, it's wow. okay. You know, I mean, all these very specific and general answers. Uh, my answer is this, that, uh, I don't listen to, you know, silver bells or jingle bells or anything like that, mm-hmm. uh, until I get closer to Christmas, mm-hmm. but I mm-hmm. love, uh, Lauren Daigle's, uh, Emmanuel. I love different Chris Tomlin's got a couple Christmas albums that, uh, it just makes me think of Jesus. And so I will listen to those probably every month, at least once as I'm, as I'm driving along and I'll call it out to Siri. I'll say, Hey Siri, play this. You might start careful. I know. (laughs) She's She's always listening. listening. (laughs) So, uh, and, uh, I'll have a play something before me in the car. It always gets it wrong. It's like, Playing no, that's the not Beatles, what I <laughs> you know. What? Why are the Beastie Boys playing? That's not what I said. They're not even on my phone, and that's now not even on the playlist. And now Siri has gone to skipping what is actually on my on my phone to jumping me over to Spotify, playing, and it's like I don't even use Spotify. Come on, you're killing me, Smalls. But wow. anyhow, um, so uh, when do you start listening to Christmas music typically? Um. So again, I used to be an old traditionalist in that I wasn't until after Thanksgiving. Like I was pretty hardcore about that. I remember you were kind of a cranky old man, get off my lawn kind of guy. I very much was that guy. Um, And then during COVID, when we were all cooped up at home uh, during this season, my wife took to, I think I kid you not, that's when we realized the uh, after Halloween decor was going to shift and it would become fall. 
And so the trees would come out, but they would not get decorated. So it was just for lighting and they would be in these little pencil bunches. So we'd get like yeah. a clump of three trees in one area and then another clump over here. And so that happened in COVID and we fell in love with it so much. We just haven't gone back. So it's been four years now that we've been mm. doing it earlier and earlier. So I also find that I'm listening to Christmas music earlier and earlier. Nice. Like we were, we were going on a drive somewhere, I think. Yeah, we were going on a drive somewhere and we just put Christmas music on as we were going. And this was, mind you, it's after Halloween. So I've seen this meme running around where the calendars all circled where it's like Christmas. And then there's like the three day window of Thanksgiving. And then it's Christmas again. Right. <laughs> right. It's just it, it's it's funny because it seems to be that's more the rhythm of my household now, too. Uh, oh, that's that's actually kind of fun. I was uh, coming back from a writing retreat and I uh, came across uh, I'm I'm coming through the mountains. Uh, down in uh, Southern California, I'm on the backside of uh, of the Sierra Mountains, and <clears throat> they just jump straight out of the out of the ground back there, and it's just majestic and beautiful to me. And I'm coming back, and it's just been an amazing time, but it's very emotional, and 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 very very personal. And I popped in uh, I popped in a Christmas album that, and and um, of course this was in June, and. Uh, this was probably <laughs> I don't know seven or eight years ago, and since that time I have I have eliminated all all time calendars for Christmas music, uh, but the kind of Christmas music that I use. Shifts, yeah, um, yeah. Our our uh, our family, uh, for whatever reason, has decorated our Christmas tree to Amy Grant's Tennessee Christmas album since our kids were little, and so when we put our Christmas tree up, first thing we do is. There it is, Tennessee Christmas, and we put our tree up to that. It's just traditions, things that we do. So, um, so Justin, I told you I wrote a book, and it's called mm -hmm. God Has a Thing for Names. And the idea yeah. is uh, that uh, 700 years before Jesus was born, uh, the Father said, God said, I'm going to send into this dark world. Um, and he gave us a description. He said, I'm going to send Emmanuel, God with us. So living in the darkness with us is the way God lights the darkness is, is not by sending a, a, a watch you touch, but actually becoming the light himself. And that, that light, Jesus himself would be called the wonderful counselor. And so I just want to take a few minutes today and talk about uh, that. The book itself is um, it, it takes wonderful counselor, mighty God, uh, father of eternity, Prince of peace and Emmanuel. And just talks about the idea that that's who God sends today into our world when darkness lives there he sends god with us he sends the wonderful counselor and you can get that book hey justin ask me how you can get that hey leonard how can i get that book because i really do want it actually <laughs> so tell me i need to get my hands on some so you can get can it get uh, book, really leonard? simple you can get it on on leonardlee.com you okay. can go there and order it and it's 6.99 uh, i'm telling people this order several um, because then I'm going to get a Rolls Royce. Uh, oh, no, no, okay. it's probably not going to okay. happen. Order several because this is an amazing tool, I think, uh, to share the good news of Jesus at Christmas. Uh, you know, people, people are more sensitive to the message of the gospel right around Christmas and right around Easter because those are such traditional holidays for, mm -hmm. for Jesus followers. And people go to church. You know, we had a young girl come to our church years back and says, I only went to church on Christmas and Easter. So I knew what Jesus did on both those days, but I had no idea what he did the rest of the time. That's, That's what I'm learning about. 
here at the church. And I'm thinking, well, that, uh, I love that. And, and so people are just more sensitive. And so what we're saying is, man, if you got a team, if you got a, if you got a bunch of uh, leaders, if you've got a business and you got a bunch of folks working for you, order a dozen of them and uh, we'll ship them to you. Um, and all the shipping is on the website there. You just go follow it through. But LeonardLee.com, under resources, you'll see God has a thing for names. It'll Click on that. It'll take you where you can order. And um, and so we're doing that. We're shipping them out as soon as we get your orders. Actually, they show up Monday at my house. Cool. I'm so excited. I only or I only printed 2,000. So it's a first come, first serve. Oh, we and, better get on uh, it then. And telling people to get on it. And uh, we've already sold quite a few. We have some churches that have bought a bunch of them just to give out to their people at Christmas Eve. Uh, We have some uh, businesses who said, we're giving this out at our Christmas party. We have um, other people who say, man, I'm sending this out as a Christmas card because it's, it's the size of a Christmas card, but it is only, it's 35 pages, 34 pages. So it's thin and uh, you can send it out and that'd make a pretty cool Christmas card. And uh, one of my friends here in Tennessee is an artist and she illustrated the whole thing for me. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, so just incredible artists. And so she painted, literally painted it, and then we had to make it digital. Mm. So I'm excited about the book. Uh, but the name, one of the names in the book is called Wonderful Counselor. That's mm. who God sends. And I think you and I should have a, a conversation around, around the idea that God is the wonderful counselor. And so I'm going to let you start it off by answering this question. Uh, what are some ways that the wonderful counselor has impacted your life with this wonderful counsel? Hmm. Man, that, that is a one, that's a really huge question because a lot, but there's so much. Um, I think, um, I think one of the things that for me, just, it, we're going to get really personal here for a second, but um, I used to believe a lot of lies about myself um, mm. that God never said about me. Mm. Um, that I'm loved, um, that I'm, you know, uh, just unconditionally, you know, he, he, he doesn't put a price tag on what his love looks like for me. He wants me in relationships. So he wants me to be, you know, repentant and those sorts of things when I mess up, but the guilt and the shame that I used to believe that I had to hold on to isn't, Mm. that's a lie. And so, you know, the wonderful counselor was him coming alongside of me and really teaching me, no, 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 you need to let go. When you ask me to forgive you for your failures and your shortcomings, you need to trust that I will. And that untangling that knot in my life was probably the most freeing and liberating thing that God has ever done in me because I don't live from a place of fear anymore. I live in a place of hope and trust mm. and grace. Wow. And that, that, I'm getting chucked up a little bit. That for me was, um, some of the most beautiful counsel God has ever given me is just yeah. trust me that this is real. Um, so, yeah. 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 And, you know, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here since I know you uh, a little bit. Mm. Uh, we've talked once or twice. Yeah, um, we've had a couple. There's, there's, it's, it's, it's beyond a truth that he offers you. It's, it's a person holding a truth for you. Yeah. And you, your, your, depth of friendship with Jesus. Uh, I've watched it over the years. It is, uh, it, it used to be like a yo-yo. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when, and it was like, you would say, 
man, I just, I'll do anything for Jesus. And then, then the enemy would pull the string of those lies and say, yeah, but you're not really, you're not really worthy. You're not real. And shame and guilt would come in and hijack you. Yep. And the yep. deeper and more connected you have become to Jesus, the wonderful counselor, mm-hmm. the more his wonderful counselor, wonderful counsel has penetrated and created such a greater consistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see, I don't see that yo-yo anymore. Uh, that, and it doesn't mean we don't have extremes and bandwidths because we're people, mm-hmm. but I still see that in you anymore. Well, and again, I think it comes back to that that statement that 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 lie was so so powerful in my life. I believed it at such a deep level. Unfortunately, um, you know, somewhere in the midst of me, I believed the lie that I needed to earn his affection for me. Hmm. Um, I needed to earn his love for me, and that's just nonsense. Um, he offers it freely and proved it on the cross for me. And so, yeah. you know, a wonderful counselor. You know, when he really began to show me, no this isn't, this isn't the truth. The truth is I I love you. Um, and, and that sin is a real thing in everybody's life and Mm. it's brokenness is a real thing in everybody's life at different levels. And really it just, the the question, will you trust me? You know, in first John one nine, you know, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to cleanse us. Are you going to trust that? Will you trust that? You've said it. Now will you lean in and, um, when I learned, truly learned how to do that, um, it, kept, it it basically kept shorter accounts because I mm-hmm. used to carry this long ledger of things that I was guilty for. And, you know, I, like it was almost like I had to pay for it over and over and over again. But mm-hmm. that's not that's not what grace is. And um, learning and really experiencing grace from God in that in his counsel to me and just kind of just. He did it through other people. He did it through right. you. He did it through recovery. He did it through just so many different places. Cause I had to learn this lesson over and over and over again. But when that piece became a part of my life, um, I stopped being such a yo-yo. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah. I really did start to trust that God's grace and yeah. forgiveness is big enough that I don't need to carry that stuff anymore. Um, so I don't, I just don't. What, a, what an amazing uh, statement on the wonderful counsel of God, uh, that the wonderful counselor comes in and says, let me show you what grace is. Uh, Jesus said it this way in John 8, he said, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And then he goes on and says, I'm the truth. I'm the wonderful counsel of God. I am the, it's not a, it's not a proposition. I think Lonnie Frisbee in his, uh, uh, in, in a, in a, uh, with the people who saw the Jesus, the revolution, Jesus Revolution. Uh, Lonnie mm-hmm. Frisbee was one of those people. We see one of the key figures of of the sparking of the Jesus movement. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he said uh, in his own colorful way was, uh, "Truth is not a proposition; it's a person, and that person is Jesus. Yeah, he's the wonderful counselor. And how amazing is that in and of itself? Um, how does the idea that that God is not sending you a list of things to memorize, but literally a person to stand with you for whom the, for whom the Bible says his foolishness is wiser than the wisest men. The foolishness of God puts to shame the wisdom of men. That's the wonderful counselor. How, how hope inspiring. Talk about how that moves in your soul when you go, man, 
that's who lives within me. That is who who is God, Emmanuel, God with us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. God sent into my darkness. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody that fits that description. What does that do for you? You know, I really value the word, obviously. Um, and so one of the things that I feel, and this is just a personal, this isn't me saying, oh, I need to go memorize that. But if I want to get to know who this person is, I need to, I need to get to know him. And the way he's revealed to me is through the word. And so, um, I, I am an avid listener of the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, I, I listen more than I read because I have dyslexia and reading is hard. So <laughs> not gonna lie, but at the same time, I know I, I can, I just, I listen because I can still absorb information. So even this morning, I was listening to the book of Daniel. I listened mm -hmm. to the whole book of Daniel this morning and um, rolled in, ended up rolling into Hosea up through chapter eight and just kind of soaking in the thoughts and the, the heart of God and that kind of stuff. And so, dude, let me interrupt you one second. Sure. Is that Hosea Gomer's story freaky? It's a trip, man. No, man. It if is. you've never read it, go read Hosea Gomer and then leave a note and we'll send, and Justin will send you a letter. Oh, yes. <laughs> let me volunteer you. Yeah. <laughs> Explaining That's... the whole thing. <laughs> no, but thanks anyway for that letter. Go ahead. I... Sorry about that. Yeah. So, um, so for me, you know, having the counsel of God in a person, um, he always reminds me and uses the counsel through the word to remind me of things. Mm -hmm. So perfect example of this. I was, I was getting ready to go on my sabbatical in June and I was so excited for it. I mean, I was like, man, it's going to be a burning bush moment and I'm going to go out to this beach and Jesus is going to be there and it's going to be amazing. And we're going to, he's going to say all these things to me and I just can't wait. And as I'm driving, you know, it's a four hour drive to this beach that I was going to camp at. And um, I had the story of Naaman just kind of roll into my head and heart. And it's that story of, of him and Elijah, you know, he shows up and, uh, you know, I, I thought he was going to call down fire from heaven. He just told him to go dip in the Jordan seven times and he leaves mad. Mm -hmm. He leaves mad because his expectations were unrealistic of the moment. And that's the lesson in that, that part of that, one of the lessons in that story for me is you're willing to do all these other things to hear me, but you're not willing to do the one thing that I've asked you to do. Um, and, and kind of God in his counsel to me, he goes, your expectations of this moment are wrong. Why mm. do you think I'm going to meet you differently than I, I, I meet you on a daily basis. Mm. And it just realigned my tires to go, oh, you're right. I, I already meet with you on a daily basis. I already talk yeah. to you on a daily basis. I don't need a burning bush moment. I, I don't need that experience to make this quote unquote sabbatical special. Right. I just need the rest and the recharge with you in a place that's outside of the norm and the rhythm of my life. Mm. And so um, it, it, he just, again, he does that to me often. He'll yeah. remind me of a scripture. He'll send me a story. And it, it makes me think about the story. But again, I have to get the word inside of me yeah. to just yeah. be able to do that in the first place, for him to be able to use it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's, I don't know, at least for me personally, and I'm not saying, oh, you must memorize, because I don't, I have chunks of scripture memorized, but I couldn't tell you like chapter verse, uh, because I listen to it. And so right. I know it in, in block story form. I don't know it verse by verse. I, I just, it's kind of how I've learned it. So anyway. I, I love that answer, Justin. I, it feels like, you know, if you and I were going to say, hey, let's let's get together and uh, and go cook something. And we walked into a kitchen uh, and we begin to begin to cook, but the light was way off in the other room. Mm. Uh, that slows everything down. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, and then and then let's just say Stacy because she's awesome. Stacy and Marilee show mm-hmm. up with headlamps on, you know, and mm-hmm. the closer they are to what we're doing, they become that light. And mm-hmm. now we're now we're cooking, you know. Now yeah. we're chopping. Now we're doing all that stuff. And yeah, and I think that that is a, a picture of the wonderful counselor stepping in in the darkness, and that mm-hmm. because it's it's a person, not just, uh, not just a wise, oh, this is how you hold a knife, but it's actually a person who says, I'm going to, I'm going to bring light to the whole room so you can do the whole thing. For me, that boosts my confidence in Jesus, in faith, in life, in decisions that, wow, you know, he's right here in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of joy. When I got to make a decision, uh, it's not like I got to dial him up and hopefully he answers. He's literally right there going, Hey, I'm going to bring wonderful counsel to your pain. Yeah. I'm going to be wonderful counsel to yeah. your decision. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring wonderful counsel to your, uh, to, to your relationships. And so um, let me see if I can throw this out there. Um, what are some ways um, uh that you personally go, this is how I recognize the presence of the wonderful counselor in my life. Well, you know, here's a couple of things that, that he always brings when he comes is um, peace. Hmm. Like, you know, there's always a sense of peace when he shows up because he's got it. Um, meaning he's in control. He's not worried about the same things that I'm worried about. Um, he's not stressed. He's not sitting up there going, biting his nails going, Oh no, I hope it works out. Like that's just not who he is. Um, and so peace always comes with that. Yeah. Um, when you begin to recognize him, cause he's already there. Right. When you begin to recognize him, you say peace is what enters. Well, yeah, I think for me, it's more of my awareness of his presence in my life. Mm, and so yeah. it's, it's me shifting more than it's his lack of presence you know what i mean like it's my own ability to recognize his presence Mm -hmm. in my life and just growing in that because i think the process i don't think that happened overnight and i think i'm still growing in it to be honest with you because there are times where i'm like lord i really need you and he shows up in mighty ways where and then other times where i just don't feel his presence but i know he's there and so Mm -hmm. it's the the choice to trust in in the space that you're in um you know i've had a lot of Personally, I mean, you and I've talked about this, but the, our podcast listeners don't know. I've had a lot of death. I've lost three sisters over the last three years, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them fairly recently. And it, it it was it was crushing to my heart, and just the grief that I've had to walk through, um, the sorrow. Um, the wonderful counselor has shown up in that. Um, I love them more than you do. Mm-hmm. Um, you you miss them, and that's okay. And um, yeah. I'm still good. He's still good. Yeah. Um, you know, and that leaning into those choices, even when my emotions were somewhere else, um, have been incredibly helpful for me in yeah. just trusting his counsel in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and I have talked about that. And yeah. so, and then God, he opens doors because, you know, he, he opens these doors for me to have these conversations with other people because here I am in a very raw state to be able to say, look, this is the choice that I'm making in spite of my feelings. Um, because I think that's, that's one of the keys in growth is feelings can't lead the way. 
Right. I, I cannot let my emotions drive the bus. Right. Um, right. I've got to trust the truth and lean into the person that is the truth. Right. Like we talked about that. Yeah. But I got to trust Jesus regardless of what my feelings tell me. And I think too many people are doing the opposite. I know I was honestly, Leonard, that's why I yo-yoed. I let my feelings drive the bus. And so doesn't mean I'm not a feeling person. I'm a highly emotional person. I feel a lot of things deeply, but I just don't let them make my decisions for me anymore. Right. You know, I, I, I've learned to pause and sometimes you just need to sit and let things be for a minute before you make a decision about them. In fact, it's one of the smartest things I think I can do. And that's again, that's a counsel from God is, Hey, wait, mm-hmm. pause. Don't respond or react right now. You need yeah. to just settle down and maybe get a good night's sleep and you'll have a better, you'll have more clarity tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll be able to, you'll be able to address this better tomorrow. So that's so good. Justin, I think that um, we're going to jump over to James chapter one here for a second. And the, the author, James, the uh, brother of Jesus writes these words. He says that, that uh, consider it all joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith uh, and he, he begins to take us through a process of, of endurance and patience and maturity and completeness. And then he says, um, so that you'll lack nothing. And then the yeah. very next sentence, if any man lacks wisdom. And so uh, obviously he's saying that that we can get to a place where we can be the right person mm-hmm. but to stay in that place. Mm-hmm. We're going to need the wisdom of God. We're going to need yeah. the counselor. Yeah, yeah absolutely. If, if anybody lacks wisdom, let them ask of God. Who gives to all men generously uh, without finding fault? In other words, he, you know, he's not standing there with his hands on his hip, waving a finger at you, going, "What'd you do with that last wisdom I gave you, you right. big knucklehead?" Right? He's right. not. Right. You wasted it. I'm not giving you any more. Which mm-hmm. is really more my tone than his. Right. You know, I just gave you that. How come you're waste? I just gave you twenty bucks. Why are you? And God's not doing that with his wisdom, which could be, if Solomon's right, that could be one of the most precious commodities in the universe is the wisdom of God. Right. Yeah. So he okay. says that and he says, but, but he says, if you ask uh, that you have to ask in faith mm-hmm. because um, don't let that man, unless he asks in faith, think that he'll receive anything from God uh, because he becomes double-minded and unstable in all his ways. And I think we've talked about this before. Um, I grew up in a church world that said uh, you have to believe he'll give it to you. That's the faith believe harder. And so it's like, uh, you can't see my face from where you are, but my face was like, Oh, I got to believe harder. It's a string. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. going to bring me wisdom. He's going to, br- oh. and mm-hmm. in reality, um, and I'm going to have you interact with this in a second. In reality, um, what he's, he's not saying that you have to believe he'll bring it to you. You have to believe it's better than the wisdom you're going to use. Because when I don't believe that what God's offering me is better than the wisdom I have, Guess whose wisdom I'm going to choose every time? Oh, yeah. The knuckleheaded counselor, not the wonderful right. counselor, right? Right, right. And um, and so, Justin, I want you to I want you to interact with this question. Um, when you are conflicted, and you already mentioned one way, you pause. Um, but when you're conflicted, you go, man, I, this, is, this is what my wisdom is telling me to do. Mm-hmm. To react, to yell, or to even make a decision that seems wise. And the wonderful counselor is standing there going, um, hey, dude, and he calls you dude. Uh, yeah. Hey, dude, I have got a different set of rules that we play by, that we live by. 
What do you do yeah. when you feel that conflict? Because I, I feel it all the time. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Well, again, like the first one is pause. Um, and I think it, I, honestly, Leonard, I think it depends on the circumstances themselves. Um, sometimes I need to talk it out. I need, I need some other, I need another perspective on it. I, I recognize that my perspective may be wrong. Um, partly because I might be hurt by something. I might be offended by something. And so um, I need to process those emotions so that I can actually see it clearly. Mm-hmm. Because when I'm, when I'm hurt or feeling hurt, I get defensive and angry. That's my response. What does that mean? What do you mean by that? Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. Like, so I, and I know that that's actually not God's heart for this. I know that defensive and angry is not his heart for a situation. Right. Right. He wants me to build a bridge, not burn it down. Right. right? And so um, I, I want to throw the gasoline and matches on it. God wants me to throw water on it. You know, he wants me to, to calm the situation. And right. um, sometimes it's, I need to vent and talk about it. Um, and then I need another, and then I am willing to have and listen to another perspective. Sometimes I just need to, um, pause and pray about it. Like that's, you know, Lord, what do you want me to do? Like, what in the world am I doing with this? But again, I think it depends on the situation too. Um, you know, big life decisions take time for me. Like, God, is this really what you're saying? I want to be very clear here. I don't want to make this decision foolishly. Um, I don't want to just run in, uh, guns blazing. Um, other, other things, you know, um, I think he's given me counsel and wisdom over the years to know, um, to recognize situations better. I mean, I think that's part of growth. You know, when you're walking with somebody who's hurt and who's wounded, um, I I can tap into the, the counsel that I've been given. I mean, that's what he talks about is we're able to, to, to comfort with the comfort that we ourselves have received. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, those spaces, you know, God, God's already given us those things. We've already walked through some of those things together. So I know what he did for me. I know how I can do it for someone else. Um, You're saying something really important, Justin, um, in your defining of wisdom. And uh, what what I'm hearing you say, and if I'm putting words in your mouth, go with them because they're really good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, What I hear you saying is that wisdom is not something that we seek uh, because we've arrived at a decision or a crisis. Wisdom is something that we we get by living in relationship with God mm-hmm. and we bring to a situation. We're mm-hmm. bringing wisdom to it, not trying to find wisdom for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I, but I also, saying. well, I think there's, I think there's both. I think sometimes you, you get in situations where you're like, I don't know what to do here. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in those situations, I find that just sit and be still or don't say anything. Mm. Um, I'd rather have quiet than to speak nonsense into a situation that brings no real help or comfort. Right. Right. I, I would rather say nothing um, and just be present with people than um, add fuel to the fire. I really would. Mm-hmm. That's, and that has not always been the case in the story of my life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, and honestly more and more, I'll tell you that just the simple wisdom of shut your mouth is uh, like, don't say it. Don't do not mm-hmm. say what's going through your head is actually a gift that more people need to lean into. <laughs> I know it's tr- I know it's true in my life. I mean, you know, I have friends uh, like we when we were younger, gosh, I just didn't have much of a filter on my mouth. So I'd said things that were insensitive, hurtful, dumb all the time. Now I still say dumb things. I'm pretty good at that. But um 
the, the, the recognition and the learning curve of it's better to say nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then, then, you know, and, and gosh, the, and again, the word is just so full of it. So, yeah. you know, so full of wisdom and, and God just, it just drips with it. And so when I'm there, when I'm reading, when I'm listening, when I'm letting it kind of absorb in me, he just reminds me, Hey, remember this? Hey, remember this? Hey, remember this? Yeah. This is this situation. Oh, okay. It is new, but I can choose to do this in the midst of it. So yeah, it's, it's definitely wisdom is something we bring to a situation, but I, I still think there's times when we need to seek it for a situation. Certainly um, agree with that. I think but, um, both are true. We just yeah. have to go, this wisdom is better than the one I would have used without yeah. the wonderful counselor. Right. Well, and sometimes people are dealing with, and forgive this statement if this is going to sound harsh. I think there's T-ball wisdom and then there's hardball wisdom. Yeah. T-ball wisdom is, should I move in with my boyfriend? No, you shouldn't. Wait. If you want what God's best for you is, right. don't do that. Like right. he's so clear on those things in, in the word, right? Um, hardball wisdom, I, I think of like, okay, should I, should I move and do this job that I feel like God is calling me to? Well, that one's going to take some more discernment, Yeah. right? Yeah. That one's going to take... You know, like when you were moving to Tennessee, that one, that was, that's hardball wisdom in your yeah, world. Like, yeah. you know, God's calling me to do something, but I've lived here my entire life. We're moving, you know, a thousand miles away from where we've been. And, but we sense God saying this. And so we have to trust. And yeah, yeah. So I just think they're, they're just different animals. Sometimes people are like playing T-ball and they're like, man, you're, you, you need to do these things. Like don't move in with the boyfriend. Well, the right. door's open. I don't care that the door is open. That's not a an opportunity does not make it God's will. Right. Right. <laughs> like, Satan knows where door handles are too. Right. Thank yeah, you. He oh, can open that's doors. a great way to say that. Yeah. yeah. He can absolutely open doors for people. Yeah. And, but the door and the opportunity was there. I was like, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, so. I think um, I tell this story. Uh, uh, people, if you were to see me in person, if you've never seen me before, you'll know that, um, that I'm not, I'm not thin. And, um, and, uh, I was sitting around with four or five of my friends who were also not thin and we saw a shiny coin on the ground and we're all looking at it and we all looked at each other. We looked at the coin and we all determined that for not thin people, it was too much effort to bend over and pick up that coin. <laughs> and so we left it there and I started laughing. I said, how much money's got to be on the ground before we deem it worthwhile to bend? We agreed it was five bucks was our minimum. Um, that if we saw five bucks, not thin people would bend over and pick up that, that coin or that $5 bill. And, uh, the reason why I tell that story is because that's sometimes how we treat the wisdom of God. And I think there is a direct mm -hmm. correlation to the wisdom of God and our connection to the wonderful counselor. Yeah, no, I agree that you're absolutely right. You know, can I, I trust right. the one who is right here with me? And that's why that's why into this world, God said, I'm going to send uh, the counselor who is wonderful, you know, and it. wonderful is not just that his counsel is wonderful. He's wonderful. And so his counsel always drips in love, always drips in truth, always brings peace. Uh, Jesus said twice in John 12 through uh, 17, those chapters, he said twice, um, I'm going to give you peace. And it's not like the world's peace. Yeah. It's my peace I give to you. My, I'm going to give you 
and it was always connected to his presence or the presence of the Holy Spirit, the, the wonderful counsel of living in us. Uh, Justin, I'm going to read this text from James. Uh, it says, but the wisdom of God from above is first of all pure. It's also peace loving, gentle at all times, willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy uh, and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. And James writes uh, for us this, this, this description of Jesus by describing the wisdom of God, that, that, that he is pure, he's peace-loving, he's gentle. Uh, he humbled himself and yielded to others. It's literally a portrait of Christ. And when we live in the presence of the wonderful counselor, his wonderful counsel begins to permeate our, permeate our lives. Um, and that makes us more effective at loving others well, loving others boldly and courageously. Um, and so um, let me see if I can uh, have you turn the corner here, Justin. Uh, yeah. There's somebody out there right now going, Christmas is not peaceful for me. Mm-hmm. This season is yeah. tough. Uh, I'm going through loss. I'm going through pain. Uh, I remember my, my, you know, my mom died on Christmas day or two days after or right before. And, you know, whatever it is, I grew up in a place where Christmases were always disappointing. Uh, I bounced from one home to the next, to the next, whatever it is, my job is stressful. We don't have enough money. The bonus that we were going to get, not like Clark Griswold, um, but the bonus we were going to get, uh, we didn't get. And uh, we got a, we got a subscription to Jam of the Month uh, deal, um, and we sit here going, man, there's a counselor, and he's wonderful. He's and God sends him to us. What do you say to that person? How do you encourage that person to turn and look and see how they can find the wonderful counselor, not just the wonderful counsel? How can they yeah. do that? You know, it's. Again, I'm I'm speaking from a place of just real personal experience, not because Christmas itself is hard, but the the season that I literally am in in, in my own personal life is hard. Um, a lot of death, a lot of grief. Sick father who's in that place right now. He's in hospice. Um, you know, and it's it's a matter of time. It just you know he's not going to be with us much longer, and yeah. so um, you. For me, and, and and for my suggestion to anybody who's in a, a space that's f- similar or, and I know that the circumstances are different, but the pain is still pain, right? The struggle is still struggle. Um, my encouragement and my thought is this, is seek Jesus anyway. <laughs> seek him anyway. Um, because he, you know, you just read this beautiful description of the things that he he is and brings the the kindness the grace the mercy the gentleness i mean and honestly that that word gentleness when you said that out of james i just resonates that that thank you jesus for being gentle with me mm-hmm. um because my heart couldn't handle harsh right now um my heart is is struggling it's sad yeah. it's heavy it's it's got this weight of brokenness and loss and darkness i mean it yeah. just it, i'm carrying and but I can let go of it and give it to him. Um, and that's the beauty of his presence in this season is that he is with us. 
if I'm willing to take a moment and look for it. Um, and it goes back to the same kind of thing that we talked about. Will I trust that his presence is really right. there versus my feelings that says he's far away? Yeah. Um, and so that, and I think, and I want to say this gently, don't let pride of your past or the pride of, well, it's always been this way dictate that it has to stay that way. Um, just because Christmas has been hard in the past doesn't mean that it always has to be. Um, this may be the year that God wants to do something different in your life and give you yeah. a, a new perspective on Christmas. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's my encouragement. And I hope it doesn't come across as insensitive or um, because I know those things are heavy and they're hard yeah. and I get it. I, I personally, I get it right now. Um, yeah. But it's that's it's that crossroad, you know. One direction says I'm just going to lean into my feelings and let them determine how I respond to everything. And the other one is I'm going to trust that God is good. He is present. He loves me. He's with me. Right. He is the wonderful counselor in the midst of this, and I can seek Him. And right, when I do, right. He will He 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 will reveal Himself, you know. And I will. I, I think also C.S. Lewis said this: that pain is God's megaphone into the soul. Um, mm. and I'll tell you that has been more true in my life more times than I can count. Yeah. I have learned lessons at deeper levels because of different seasons of pain in my life. And so I just trust the process. I trust that God is going to walk me out of it. That's temporary that I can survive and it's not the end of the world. Um, so it's mm. my thoughts. And those are great words, Justin. Um, Bette Midler, uh, to quote her and C.S. Lewis and Jesus and James all in the same podcast. Um, Matt Miller uh, sang a song that God is watching us from a distance. And Christmas is the reminder that he's not. Yeah, amen. He's watching us right next to us. And he's not standing at a distance watching us to see how we're going to do. He's literally standing next to us saying, come on, we can do this together. Uh, we can walk through your pain together. Uh, I will, I'm the wonderful counselor. You can trust me. Uh, I'm God with you. I'm sitting in the midst of your pain. Uh, I haven't rejected you because you have an ugly cry. Uh, I haven't walked away from you because other people did. Um, God's not watching us from a distance. He's literally standing next to us. And uh, I think that's a great reminder this Christmas season um, Justin, thanks for being here. Make sure you order my book too. Get one for Stacy. I will. And, I'm planning on it. Um, How do I get them again? LeonardLee.com. And go. go to resources and uh, it'll take you to a page where you can order them and pay for the shipping and do all that there. Right. Uh, and then, and once you get, once you place your order, uh, we'll ship them out to you and they're $6.99 each. And uh, like I said, buy a few, send one out. Um, beautifully illustrated. It's the kind of thing that you can put on your mantle, your uh, fireplace mantle, put on your coffee table and people go, Oh, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. It makes an amazing Christmas card, amazing gift. And, uh, we only, we only ordered two printed 2000. So jump in quick. Cause we've got a couple big orders coming in as well. And uh, I'm just going to tell people leonardlee.com go to resources and you will find it there. God is a thing for names. Justin, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for talking about the wonderful counselor. He is more than we deserve. 
and he's more than we'll ever know. He's inexhaustible. And I am so grateful for uh, him in both of our lives. Yeah, he's made too. us better friends. Yeah. Uh, amen. Uh, connected us on journeys that he's just not done with. Uh, that's a hint. Uh, so with that being <laughs> said, uh, folks, thanks for listening to say yes and become and uh, order the book. It's in the show notes as well. You'll find it there. And Justin, thanks again for joining me. Thank you. All right. Next time, folks, we're going to talk about uh, another name of God.